So we're coming back again. Uh, what's happened here, just to be honest, we had some problem with the audio. Uh, so my apologies for that. We don't have the entire sermon from last week. I'm going to go back and do just a little bit of it. You didn't miss much because it was a review of the previous two weeks, but I want to touch on the last part of the sermon. Uh, that was kind of new material, and I hope you like it. And again, apologies for the audio that didn't work. I hope, uh, I hope this is working okay. But we're on week 11 now of our uh, Faith on Fire sermon, going through the book of Acts. And I wanted to go back to something that happened a couple weeks ago. And that's where Philip met the Ethiopian. Now, the Ethiopian was a, actually a, a person who was very big in the court of the queen of Ethiopia. He was in charge of her treasury. We don't know much about him, but he traveled to Jerusalem in order to see the Passover and to participate in as much as he can. Now, he would have been a Gentile, so he wouldn't have been allowed in the inner part of the sanctuary. But in the temple, they usually had an outer court. He probably would have been allowed there. Uh, we don't know why he went there or, or what drew him there, but probably uh, he had run into some Jews, maybe even saw them do a Seder, heard about the great God Jehovah, everything he had done for the, for the city of, of uh, Jerusalem and the, and the country of Israel and how he had saved them. And he just seemed to be interested in that. And so he came to Jerusalem to find out more. Something was drawing him. There was a hunger that's drawing him to Jehovah. And he gets here, and he would have come here about Passover, they said, because he came here for the Passover. And that would have been, of course, when Jesus Christ was crucified, which was all that anybody was talking about. It's doubtful he ever met or heard Jesus Christ preach, but he certainly would have heard about Jesus Christ. He stuck around for quite a long time, and no one knows why. Some people believe he was there on Queen's business, and he uh, was attending to that while he was there. But the Bible tells us he went here in order to worship. And that tells me that there was something in his heart that drew him here. And I believe that he was here kind of on a personal journey. And what he did while he was there is he maybe got some queen's business done to justify the long trip and expensive trip. But I think he was there for his own personal gain. He was interested. He was fascinated. He was drawn to this God Jehovah. While he was there, he would have heard all about the new church that had started. Stephen would have been killed shortly before this incident takes place. He would have heard about that for sure. And I think that he probably became fascinated with this person of the Messiah that everybody was arguing and debating about. Now, the Messiah wouldn't be something that a casual viewer or reader of uh, the is Israel's text and law would have known about. He really, the, the term Messiah and, and the person Messiah really doesn't happen until the prophecies, like the prophecy of Isaiah. Uh, it, once you understand that, you'll see that some of the Psalms reference the Messiah, but it's not as obvious. So he probably got to Jerusalem without knowing anything about the Messiah. But that's all everybody's talking about. Was this person Jesus really the Messiah? Was he not? Why is, Jeru why, why is the, the, the Sanhedrin and, and the, the temple just trying to destroy this Christian church? What's going on? He must have actually left with more questions than he came with. And I believe the reason why he stayed, and I have no basis for this in Scripture, just my own personal belief, is that when he found out about this Messiah, he wanted to have the Scripture that referenced it, and that would have been the book of Isaiah. Now, in those days, you couldn't go to Barnes & Noble and just pick it up. You had to hire a scribe to make a copy of it, and I think it just took a long time for the scribe to get through it. And here he is, if you picture him now, he's, he's got his precious possession, this book of Isaiah that tells him about the Messiah, and he gets in his chariot, and he's starting the long ride home. And his heart's eager to learn, and he starts to read 
the prophet Isaiah. It wouldn't have been in his native tongue, so he's trying to work it out, maybe reading it out loud, working through the words, trying to understand it. And he's having a hard time because prophecy is not something you just read and understand right away. And he's traveling back. He's on the Gaza road between Jerusalem and Gaza. And this is where God sends Philip. And it's really cool because he just kind of tells Philip, look, I need you to take off. And he just kind of go in the wilderness. He doesn't tell him where he's going or why. He just takes him off. This is in the Acts uh, verse 26. Just go, Acts 8, 26. And so just go. And so Philip goes. And he does not know, but he's actually on an intersection course with this eunuch from, from Ethiopia. And now we don't exactly, again, know anything about him, but there must have been something about his heart that God knew. And God was basically saying, he came here for answers. I'm going to give them to him. And I'm going to give him the right answers. I'm not going to give him the answers he would have gotten from the temple. I'm going to give him the answers from my heart. So he sent his emissary, Philip, to get there. And so Philip gets there, and he sees him reading, and he kind of comes up to the chariot and says, hey, what you reading? And the guy says, I'm uh, reading this scroll here. And Philip says, yeah, it's the book of Isaiah, because he knew it. And uh, do you understand it? And, and, the, and the guy says, no, uh, how can I? I would need somebody to explain it to me. And Philip's kind of like, well, I can explain it to you. And he says, well, get up out of the mud there. Come on into my chariot with me and explain it to me. So he climbs up in there, and they start down this road in this chariot. And Philip must have been just an amazing teacher because he starts with Isaiah and without missing a beat, jumps into Genesis and the Psalms and, and, and the first five books of the Bible. And he just starts drawing it all together and painting a picture of who the Messiah is and how everything has been leading up to this moment. And by the way, that Messiah's name is Jesus Christ. This must have just been an amazing journey for our eunuch friend from Ethiopia because suddenly all the questions he's ever had, here's a guy sitting there that knows the answers to all of them. So they're going along, and then they're traveling again in the wilderness. Now, when we say wilderness, um, you might think of something like the Wilderness Trail, and that's like a, a big, lush, jungle-looking thing where there's trees all over you. Uh, that's what you might think, but that's not what we're talking about here. In fact, here's a picture that shows the Gaza Road between Jerusalem and, and Gaza, and you can see there's like nothing there. It's one lone little tiny tree in the distance, and that's it. Now, I don't know if you've ever traveled on a road like this. Uh, I have. I used to have a Jeep um, that was a Wrangler, and I could put the top down. And I used to do it all the time, and I made the mistake once of putting it down a road that looked a lot like this. It's a miserable journey, I'll tell you. The wind's whipping everything in, and you've got, you kind of get hot. Uh, it was in Texas, so it was very hot, and you get sweaty. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Like, you're sweaty, you're kind of itching, and you go, to, you go to rub it, and you actually grind, like, sand particles into your skin when you do it. It's just this really awful feeling. You don't want to touch yourself, but your, 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 your tongue is pasty, and it kind of tastes like chalk. This is what you have when you're journeying. On, in an open chariot, so here they are, they're traveling down this road, and it's hot, and it's sweaty, and the dust is blowing up from the road, and they've got that taste in their mouth of the dust, and, they, and they're, they're, they're maybe even coughing a little bit, you know, but they're so caught up in what they're talking about, they hardly notice, right, because you're moving along, and they're just caught up, it's exciting, they're talking, they're enjoying their journey together, Philip's having a great time telling them, he's having a great time learning, but as he moves along, they really are getting to the point where things are getting a little bit wearying for them. It's, they're thirsty, and they need a break. And lo and behold, something happens. As they're moving along, this is in Acts 8, 36. It says, now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And I want you to picture this. That, that must have been just an amazingly wonderful sight. It's like an oasis in the middle of nowhere. This water is suddenly there. And they look at it, and they go, oh, you know what? Praise Jehovah Jireh. Now, if I'm there, 
you know, if I'm there and, and I come to that moment and I'm feeling like a preacher, you know, I'll take that moment and say, listen, this is Jehovah Jireh. God provides. He's providing for our needs. Surely he is pleased with the conversation we're having. And look, out of nowhere, God has planned this and he's put this water in our path in order for us to drink. Thank you. Praise the Lord and pass the water. You know, let's, let's go ahead and let's, let's get down now into this water. Let's go ahead and splash it, get this dirt off of us, drink some. Hallelujah. But please, let's not forget, as we get up on the other side, we're going away from this wonderful oasis God gave us, to thank the Lord for what he gave us. He has provided for our needs, just like he promised he would. This is an amazing thing. And that's a pretty good sermon, right? I mean, that's kind of a sermon you could hear from a lot of American pastors, not just me. Because we love to thank God for providing us for our physical needs and just blessing us. Hashtag blessed, you know. That's what would be on my Instagram for that. Hashtag blessed. Look what God gave me. He just takes care of me. God's so good to me. He, like, spoils me. I probably would have preached that sermon, to be honest with you. And that's why I'm very humbled by what comes next in the book of Acts. Because these two tired, thirsty, dirty men who just ragged from travel come to this oasis and here's what they do the eunuch looks at Philip and says wait a minute you've been telling me about salvation you've been telling me about Jesus and how I need to be born again and baptized in his name he says what would prevent me look here's water what would prevent me from being baptized right here and right now in other words he sees this water not as a provision for his physical need but as a way he can get spiritually closer to the Father that he's been looking to find, he's been yearning to find him. God, he says, this is an opportunity for me to put this that you've just taught me in a place that makes surely he knows God has arranged this amazing encounter. He knows God's behind this, and he sees this not as a provision for his physical needs, which are going to be done and then gone, but as a way of providing for his spiritual needs where he can draw closer to his Father. And Philip must have been grinning from ear to ear. He said, well, there's nothing at all to prevent you as long as your heart's in it. And so he commands everybody to stop, commands the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and he baptized him. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we enjoy the gift so much that we forget about the giver. And, and I think this is the problem we have. I think that a lot of times we see what God puts in our way, and we say, oh, look, God's blessing me. Hashtag blessed, move on. As long as I tell me blessed, it's okay, we'll keep giving it to me. But that's not the purpose of the blessings. The purpose of the blessing is always to draw you closer. God's always trying to draw you closer to him. You know, And I, I honestly believe that God tries to teach us as much through blessings as he does through discipline. It's just that we rarely look for the blessing in the blessing. We never look for the blessing, lesson in the blessing. We kind of look past it. I'm just going to take this, use it to fulfill my physical needs, and I'm going to move on. I'll thank God, but I'll move on. And we had an opportunity to get closer to God. See, here's the thing. This is the lesson I think really we ought to take away from this meeting, this incredible meeting that God arranged. We see why, because we see this man's heart. He's come before God. He says, I just want to be closer. Can I use this? Look, God's provided a way for me to get closer to him. Do we look at the blessings in our life that way? You know, we're praying for a job. God gives us a job. Are we looking for how that can get us closer to God? You know, you're praying for a, maybe a, a mate, maybe praying for a spouse, and, and you're engaged or something. Are, are we looking for a way that that relationship can draw us closer to God, or are we looking away at fulfilling our physical needs? 
through that relationship and maybe our emotional needs through that relationship. We're enjoying the gift, but we forgot the giver. There's a spiritual part here. And, and God is giving us these blessings in order to bring us closer to him. Now, I believe that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have an amazing gift given to this church. And that God is going to provide for us a, a new home for this church. But if we move into that home and we forget that the purpose of that home isn't to fulfill our physical needs here. And yeah, we have them. You know, we, have, we have to have places to put our kids in, in, in the Sunday school programs. And we, we want to be able to have more ministries that we can't have in the place we are now. Yes, I understand that we have some physical needs as a church. But if we don't see this for what God sees it, we're going to miss the lesson and the blessing. We have to see that God is doing this in order to meet our spiritual needs. He's doing this in order to draw us closer to him. And our purpose is to help others draw closer to him. And if we miss that, what did God give us the blessing for? I really think he's looking for people who look for every opportunity to get closer to him. Yeah, sometimes during discipline, we, we pay attention. You know, sometimes when things are tough, we'll, we'll look to heaven. But man, when things are going well, do we? I mentioned this before. Someone told me, if you really want to see how well you can give thanks to God, give thanks to God after the meal. It's easier to remember to give God thanks when you're hungry. How are you doing when you're full? Are we still thanking him? Do we see that this is an opportunity to draw closer to him? The Israelites probably had a hundred different lessons offered to them every day as they went out and gathered the manna. I wonder how many of them ever got it. Or they just thought, oh, man, again, you know, I guess I won't be hungry, but I really wish I had something else. Are we not looking at the lesson behind the blessing? We, we're not going to be able to move on as a church. We're not going to be able to move on as individuals unless we start paying attention to everything God's doing to find ways to bring us close. I, re I really picture that God just really wants to take us like, like the dad that he is. You know, Jesus told us to call him Abba, which is like daddy. And he just wants to take, put, him, put us on his lap and put his arms around us. Just be close to us. And all we want to do is take the gifts and say, hey, that's cool. Now I'm no longer thirsty and move on. Listen, we, we just will never, ever be able to move on in our lives unless we start learning how to listen for the lessons he's already taught us. Would you please pray with me?